But go to Leviticus chapter 16. Now, I, I was sharing something with y'all. I don't know when because I get all my timings wrong. can't remember. But <clears throat> I was talking about the Ark of the Covenant uh, a few I don't know if it was last Wednesday or the Wednesday before. Anyway, I was talking about the Ark of the Covenant and, 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 and how you remember the Ark and they, and they had the mercy seat on top of it and, and inside the Ark was the Testament. It's like the Bible inside there and it's in heaven and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so I want to expand in that area because uh, I'm going to start preaching. I say I'm going to start preaching. We'll see how it goes over tonight if y'all all throw something at me and I said, ah, I miss God. But uh, I just, I've just been stirring on the inside of me about us really, truly understanding and walking in everything that Jesus paid for. And I'm talking about being healed and whole and health and healing and healing in our souls, healing in our minds, healings in our bodies, that we walk in everything that Jesus paid the price for. Because I don't want to get to heaven and find out that I didn't believe him for something that he paid for. Because he paid a high price for it. And I want to be... I, I, you know, there's no sense in us being crazy. To be, honest, to be honest with you, there's no sense in us worrying. There's no sense in us having fear. There's no sense in us being, in, you know, uh, 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 walking in, these, in, in, in the things that the world walks in. We should be healed as Christians. We should walk in a whole gospel, a total and complete healing. And so anyway, I want to look at this for just a minute. At, back at the mercy seat for a minute. So at Leviticus chapter 16, and I'm going to start reading verse 30. It's talking about the Day of Atonement. It says, And on the day that the priest made atonement for you to cleanse you, that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It's a Sabbath, a solemn rest for you, and all afflicted your souls. It is a statute forever. And the priest who is anointed and consecrated to minister as priest to his father's place shall make atonement and put on the linen clothes and the holy garments. Then he shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make atonement for the tabernacle of meetings and for the altar, and he shall make atonement for the priests and for all the people in the assembly. This shall be an everlasting statute for you, and you shall make atonement for the children of Israel and all the sins once a year as, it, as the Lord commanded Moses. And so there was this timing, and you can go back and read all through there. I don't want to get into all the, 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 the ritual, but the point is, is that once a year, the high priest went in and he made a, a, a blood sacrifice and he took blood in to the, the Holy of Holies into the mercy seat. Now, if you go and you look back in Leviticus, you can look where, where Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, they didn't, they didn't honor God. They, they got careless. They got laxed in their, if you'll let me say their Christianity wasn't Christianity, Jesus wouldn't come back, but I'm just saying. They got laxed in their way that they honored God. They got laxed in their, 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 um, their basically their, their, their worship and honor of who God was. And they offered up strange fire, which a lot of people think that what the strange fire was is that, in other words, they didn't take fire from the holy altar and go in there. They just got a you know, lump of coal out of their, their barbecue pit as they were going up there to do it because they had to do the incense and all this stuff. And and, and they, they got smoked. The glory of God fell, and fire consumed them. They swept those boys up in a dustpan and took them out, okay? So God was making a point. He said, look, I'm, I'm serious. I want to have a relationship with you, Israel. I want to have a relationship with you all. I want to do this, but I am God. Don't forget, I'm God. 
And I've asked you to do it a certain way, and a certain way you want to do it. Now, okay, so this old covenant, everybody say it's old covenant. All right, this is old covenant. This is before the blood of Jesus, before the Holy Ghost, all that kind of stuff. So don't try to make something out of something, okay, that's not there. So it's, it's, a, it's a type and a shadow. The Old Testament is a type and a shadow of what's coming into the New Testament, right? Okay, so here's the, here's the high priest, and he goes in there, and he has to put the blood on the mercy seat. And then God says, if you do that, then the sins of Israel, I, I, they're, they're atoned for for one year. All right? But if you go back and you read all the previous chapters of Leviticus, there was sin offerings for everything that everybody did on a daily basis. In other words, it's like this. God said, look, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to kill you all. I'm not going to, my holiness is not, I'm not going to allow it to kill all of y'all. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you grace for one year. I will be here and visit with you for one year. I'll be in the holy of holies. My fire will be at night and my glory cloud during the day. I will be here in this position of grace for y'all. But if you mess up, you still got to make the offerings and do it, but I'm just not going to consume you. Okay? All right. Go to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 9. Do you understand <clears throat> that God is not mean? The Old Testament God, he was still a God of love. But you've got to understand something. God's not mean, but God's God, and God is holy. And we're not. And when not holy comes in the presence of holy, unholy loses. It's just that simple. God didn't, didn't come out with a fiery finger and fry Nadab and Abihu. His glory consumed them because they were unrighteous in what they did, right? Okay, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. But Christ came as a high priest to the good things to come, to the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not in this, of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood entered into the most holy place. Now, you remember I showed you on that message before that, that everything Moses built, the tabernacle, it was a pattern. It said it was a copy. It was a copy of what was already originally there because there was already a tabernacle in heaven. There was already a, a mercy seat in heaven. There was already all the things in heaven. That was their church, if let me say it that way. In heaven, that's what it looked like, okay? And so it says, Jesus here, he entered the most holy place, the most holy place being the heavenly place, once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled the unclean, Sprinkled, the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. Now, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from your dead works to serve the living God? And for this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of an eternal inheritance. Okay, so... When Moses went in, or when Aaron went in and put the blood on the mercy seat, there was, they were graced for a year. God would still show up and his glory wouldn't kill them, but if they messed up, they still had to offer a sacrifice, right? Jesus went to heaven for us. He went to heaven for us and he put his blood on the mercy seat and said, no longer is it only good for one year. It's good for eternity. 
that God's wrath, God has an open door called grace for all humanity to come to him if they will repent and believe in the sacrifice of the blood on the mercy seat. Y'all following me? I'm not preaching to you anything you had never heard, but it's going to be changed here in just a minute. Okay. So he said, I'm going to open up the door. It's going to be, I'm, it's going to be a, a, just like the high priest said that was good for a year, but now my blood is longer lasting. It's not the oil you have to change every 5,000 miles. Hello? It's going to be an eternal redemption. I'm putting, I'm going up there. I'm paying the sacrifice. I'm putting my blood on the mercy seat. My blood's on the mercy seat, and the door is open for anybody, anybody. No matter what they've done, no matter where they are, no matter who they are, if they will believe that I am the Son of God, that my blood was a sacrifice on that mercy seat, the door is open for them, their sins are clean, everything's gone. Am I preaching good so far? Okay, but what about the things that we do that are not right? Because I don't, I don't know about y'all, but after I got saved, I did not become perfect. After I got saved and gave my heart to Jesus, I was... I was Born again. Let me show you something. Go to Colossians 1.9. I want to take time and I want to show you all this, even though you, you know every scripture I'm going to give you tonight, you've heard them. But so you had your Bibles and you read them. And now we're reading our Bibles and Revelation's coming out. God's doing something different, so I'm going to, I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to get in a hurry. Okay. It says in Colossians 1.9, For this reason... We also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthening with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience and longsuffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints and the light, who has who has, past tense, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love and whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. Now let me explain it this way. Here you are. This pen represents you. And you used to be in the kingdom of darkness under the power of the devil's authority and the devil's rule. Nowhere, because the reason why you were under his power and authority is because you couldn't get rid of your sin, original sin, the sin created in the garden, the sin that had followed you all your life. You could not get rid of it. You could not make atonement for it. You could not do enough works. You could not be good enough, no matter how good you were, no matter how, how you did everything right. You still weren't going to make the measuring stick, which is perfect and holy. That's the measuring stick. You say, well, I was better than a lot of people. Give it to you. You might have been. You might have been really nice. You might have been better than a whole lot of people, but you weren't perfect. I don't care who you are, and you're not God. So you're always going to fall short of the mark. Listen, falling short of the mark means you could be 99.99999% really good, but that one little percent was going to get you, all right? No one was going to be perfect. So you were bound here because you couldn't deal with your sin. Then you met Jesus. However, you heard the word. The word of faith rose in your heart. 
And all of a sudden you said, oh my goodness, I finally understand what's going on. I understand this. Jesus is the son of God. He died for my sins. His blood's on the mercy seat. And so the door is open for me. There's a way I can get out of the mess I'm in. And so you said, oh, Jesus, I believe in you. I trust you. You are the son of God. I believe it with all of my heart. Boom, something happened on the inside of you. Something happened down inside of you. A spiritual thing happened. All of a sudden, you were over here. Now, you got, according to Colossians 1.13, you got translated out of the kingdom of darkness. Now, you're over here in the kingdom of the sun. You're no longer over here. You're no longer walking under the bondage of the devil. You're no longer does the devil have authority over you. No longer does sin have authority over you. No longer does this world system have authority over you. Now, all of a sudden, you're over here in the kingdom of God, but you're still walking on planet Earth. You're following me. You're not over here. You're over here. And over here it says, the blood of Jesus is crying out for you and says that you are righteous before God. Are you perfect now that you're over here? Because you're still stuck in this earth suit. So you're not perfect, but you're out of this kingdom of darkness. You're over here. You're in another realm. You're over here in this kingdom over here that says that I have the door open to you. Come boldly into my throne room of grace where I can, well, we can talk. We can have fellowship. We can do anything. I'm over here. Come on over here. Now, what happens when you fellowship with God in the kingdom of grace and you know that you did something that wasn't pleasing to him? What happens? Conviction comes, right? Where did conviction come from? Holy Ghost came on you, right? Nobody had to tell you that what you did was wrong. Nobody had to come to you and say, you sinner, you dirty, right, and sinner. I know I can see into the depths of your heart. No, you were convicted. You were convicted by the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost brings conviction to people who are in this realm over here in the kingdom of grace that still hadn't got it right, right? So conviction comes on you, and conviction says to you, excuse me, it's not really pleasing. And you want to please God. See, I'm talking to people that are saved tonight. I'm talking to... I'm talking, this doesn't work for a person who's not saved. If you're not saved, you can't live in cheap grace. I'm talking to saved Christians. I'm trying to tell you where you're at. You're over here now. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're not in a kingdom that has condemnation. That's over here in this kingdom. Hollering at you. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. And you're hearing it. You're hearing it from the other kingdom. But it's not in your, it's not in your kingdom because you've been translated out. You're over in this other kingdom called the kingdom of grace. So we're going to mess up. I'm really botching my whole message up here, but I, I, I got to go. So go look at 1 John, 1 John 1. I'm jumping around all of my messages, got my notes all messed up. Here we go. 1 John 1, 5. For this is a message which we've heard from him and declare to you, that God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. So then it is a possibility. Hear me now. It's a possibility to be a saved Christian, referred to in the Bible as a saint. 
a saved Christian, born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, in, transferred over into the kingdom of God, and walk in darkness. You say, oh. well, you haven't got sanctified totally, completely, 100% yet. You've not, you've not come over here and renewed your mind all to the Word of God. It doesn't happen in a second. I wish it did. I wish the Spirit salvation came to us, uh, the, the renewal of our mind came to us like the Spirit salvation, just, you know, like you were an idiot. You came to the front and got saved, and you just walked away like Einstein. But it doesn't happen that way. You don't know that your habits and, and your old ways are offensive to God and everybody else. Now, what's really funny is at the moment, that you're convicted in the kingdom of God, in this kingdom of grace, the moment conviction comes upon you and the Holy Spirit says, <clears throat> that's not really good, you have a choice. If you want to stay in the light, it tells you what to do. It says, but if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So you choose to stay in the light. You have a choice. I want to stay in the light. Or do you want to prove your point? I'm right, I'm right, and everybody's just picking on me. I'm right, and I'm not going to do it. I'm right, and that's what I'm going to do. But that's not where God is. If you want to be where God is, he is in light. And the light always consumes the darkness. So you have to make a choice. You don't want to go back to the kingdom of darkness. You don't want to come over here and give him any authority and power over your life. You don't want to get back over and operating in his principles because you're not in this kingdom anymore. you got to grab a hold of the revelation. You have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness. You're a child of light now. The only choice you have is to let the light consume you, and you become more like the light rather than trying to hide the darkness. A lot of Christians, we want to hide the darkness. We want to say, no, there's nothing. There's, I don't see anything. There's not anything there. I don't see nothing. When the truth of the matter is, we just don't want the light to consume us. Okay. It says, his son will cleanse us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth's not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Why would you need? Listen, if you're in the kingdom and everything's okay, this is where the grace preachers are wrong. If you're in the kingdom and all's okay, it's okay. Do whatever you want to. Just go out. It's all forgiven. It's all under the blood of Jesus. Then why do you need to confess your sins and repent? That would be a scripture written to heathens. And when I say a heathen, I mean somebody's not saved. Hello? That's where they get it wrong in their grace doctrines because they're saying that we don't ever have to repent, that everything's okay, that we're all just out there and it's all been forgiven and you just go do whatever you want to because you really can't sin. No, you can't. It said right there, First John said, you can sin because you're having to ask, you're having to repent. Repentance is the word that follows sin. You sin, then you repent. Hello? But this is between you and God. This is about you staying in fellowship with him. You staying in the light. And it's called grace. And it's this great position to be standing to know, I'm not going to get thrown out. The grace is on the horns of the mercy seat in heaven is the blood of Jesus crying out that you can be in there that you're not going to get smoked like Nadab and Abihu. Are you following me? That's the grace. The grace is, is that, man, if we went into the presence of God as we are, we would be consumed. 
But we go into the presence of God by the blood of Jesus, and that's grace. You don't get smoked. Are you hearing me? That's my definition of grace. I can go to God and don't get smoked. That's what grace means. Right? Why? Because on the mercy seat in heaven is Jesus' blood that cries out, I paid the price for them. They can come in here. Now, what does the devil do? He's standing over here. Just imagine if the kingdoms are divided and there's a glass partition between us. Let's just make it more interesting. There's a great chasm between us, but he can still holler over there at you. Because he wants you, he, may, he knows you're in the other kingdom, but he's hoping that you get dumb enough that you don't know that you're in the other kingdom. He's hoping that he can yell at you and get you trapped in your soulish ways and ways that haven't been renewed by the Spirit and, and haven't been submitted to God. He's hoping that you'll just stop going and won't go towards the light and that he can keep hollering at you and keep you in bondage from the old past because he knows you're out of the kingdom. The devil is no idiot. Listen, don't ever sell him short. He's been around forever, and he has a way to make you think that you don't belong in the kingdom, and the moment he makes you think you don't belong in the kingdom of grace, then he's got you in bondage, but you're standing in grace. That's what's crazy about it. He's got, it's just like if you went to another country who has different laws, and you were in the other country that has different laws, and somebody came up to you and convinced you that you were doing wrong, even though you knew what the laws of that country said, but they convinced you you were doing wrong because they've been around there that you would think that they were right and you might stop doing it. But the truth of the matter is they're just getting you to not walk in it. They've convinced you to walk out of it. I saw it like this. You're walking down the street and there's a bakery. I was hungry the other night when I had this thought. And there's a bakery. It's got all these these luscious goodies in there. And there's a sign on the bakery that says everything in here is free. But you stand outside and you look in the window longing for the pastries, but you never walk in. And what somebody walks by you and says, yeah, he puts that sign up every day, but he didn't really mean it. And he said, oh, okay. I thought that was too good to be true, that all that delicious stuff would be free. I thought that would be. And then all of a sudden you read the sign again and says, but he's got a sign that says it's free. And you get to the doorknob and then somebody comes by and says, listen, don't believe what you read. It's not really the truth. And nothing in there is free. It's just a little bitty deal like this that's free. And he gives you that little, you know how you go to those places? Have you ever noticed how small they can cut up the bite on the little tray that they're trying to entice you to buy the thing? You know, why don't they throw out a sandwich? You know, no, no, no. They give you a little bitty Tiny square, just enough to get it on your lips and make you want the big thing that then you got to pay four bucks for, right? And so they they tell them that. And so the person doesn't go in. He doesn't find out the truth that the sign and all the pastries in there for free. He doesn't find out that that's the kingdom of grace, that everything is there available for you. Everything is yours for the taking. Everything is all in the kingdom of heaven is yours because of what Jesus did. But then the devil comes by and says, well, you know, who are you? Who do you think you are that you're going to go in there? You think you have the right to walk in there? To go into that place? What if you went into a, what if you just walked in to a high-end store? Okay? You just walked into a high-end store. I mean, like everything in there is, you know, expensive. And you walked in there, would you feel comfortable? Or would you feel at a moment that somebody might say, <clears throat> excuse me, sir, you need to leave. 
And I'd say, yeah, no, I didn't belong in here. I said, I just came in the door there just for a minute. I mean, you know, they wouldn't. They could talk me out of it pretty quick. I mean, I guess it depends on how horsey I am. I might throw down and say, do you know who I am? Might try to throw a bluff, might try to do something. But I mean, more than likely, I would pretty much be intimidated. Like I told you, the first time I ever got to fly first class. I mean, somebody could have talked me out of my seat pretty quick because I was intimidated by being in first class. Everybody in there was looking at me like, why are you in first class? What did you do? You must be a criminal in transport. But now I got it down. My ticket says first class. I don't care who I got to throw out of my seat. Bless God, I'm in first class. I'm flying where my ticket says I'm flying. But you see, you can get talked out of it. So we're supposed to be in this kingdom of grace, over here in this kingdom of grace, living in this kingdom of grace, where we make a mistake, yes, but we go to the Father and say, Father, forgive me. It's a, it's a continual working relationship because we want to stay in the light so the light can come in and deliver us from the darkness. It's a continual place. We're not over there. We got translated out of the kingdom of darkness. Follow me? And the devil talks us out of it. Let me give you another scripture. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2 1. And you he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins. That's where you were. You were a hook. No way were you going to get out of it. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were going to be guilty no matter how you sliced that baby up. And once you were once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and by, by nature children of, of wrath, just as others. So he says, in the kingdom, in this kingdom that you walked in, in this kingdom of darkness that you were in prior to committing your life to Christ, in this kingdom... There was a course, there was a way it works. There was a way everybody walked, okay? It was a way that every person thought, every person talked, every person did. There was a way where it was called a course of this world. It was the flow of the river. It's the way it happened. I'm never shocked when I hear of somebody that doesn't know Jesus, does something really bad. I'm just like, the course of the world to lie, to cheat, to steal. I mean, why do they think people who, and I don't want to, I'm not judging people, okay, but I'm just saying, why do they think it's so amazing? Oh, I can't believe this guy had these affairs. I'm like, that's a part of the way the world works. That's the course of the world. Now, if he's professing to be a Christian and trying to live that, yeah, it's bad. But if it's just the world, the world's the world. That's the way it works. The prince of darkness works in them. It's the course of this world. Well, what a lot of Christians want to do is they want to, they don't really want to be transferred completely over. Or they want to get transferred over and then immediately start parlaying with the kingdom of heaven, saying, you know, there's some ways that we used to do this that really worked good. You know, there's some ways that really aren't so bad. I really don't know why you're offended with that. I really don't know what the problem is here. And so we start trying to, 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 to work our way around to keep part of the way we worked in that course. But he says, no, no, the course of the world is not like the course of heaven. Just think. Heaven's principle is giving, loving, sacrifice, uh, you know, blessing. That's, that's this course. The, wor the world's course 
is me, myself, and I, give me more, lying, cheating, everything that's opposed to the deal. Okay? Whining, crying, hurt feelings, emotions, all that's wrapped up over here in the course of this world. But over here in the kingdom, God says, I just want you to fellowship with me. And as you fellowship with me, the light's going to come on the inside of you, and I'm going to heal you. It's called grace. It's the greatest thing in the world. You give yourself to me. You lay your life down. You open up your heart. You, don't even, you can't even let people make you mad. You can't, even, you, can't even, you can't even go there because the glory of God's going to come on the inside of you. It's going to change you. It's going to revolutionize you. I want to give you wisdom and everything to operate. And you're just going to go, whoo, it's going to be good. He says, but God is rich in mercy because of his great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved and raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places. One day you're a sinner headed to hell. The next day you're up on the throne with God. That's a big change. I preached a message. I told Lord, I said, I preached this message a long time ago. I called it from a sinner to the son. From a sinner to a saint in a second. I preached it a long time ago. It wasn't as good as it is tonight. But as I got going through this, I thought, I've preached this message before. One moment you're a sinner, the next moment you're a saint. And it all happened in a second, right? When you just get confessed and gave Jesus your life. We don't always know it. We don't have the revenue because you have to renew the mind to the word of God to get it down on the inside of us to understand how to operate in the kingdom of heaven. But the truth of the matter, in a spiritual matter, you got translated over here into the kingdom of God. You're now walking in grace. So what are you doing thinking like you used to think in the world? Boom, you're over here by the Spirit. But we can't have our spirit over in the kingdom of grace and our flesh over here in the kingdom of darkness. It's all or one. Okay. And sit together in heavenly places in Jesus that in the ages to come we might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace you have been saved through faith. What faith? The faith that you confessed that Jesus was the Son of God. By faith you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works as any man should boast. Listen to me. He's saying it's the gift of God because it's Jesus' blood that got marked on the sides of the mercy seat that's crying out for you. He, he did it. It doesn't make any sense. It's too good. It's too great of a deal. You get eternal life, all the benefits of heaven, with the confession of your mouth and the belief in your heart. Nobody gives us anything like that in the world. Nothing in this world you'll ever find will pay you back like that or give you something like that. No, ain't nobody going to give you nothing. Anytime a telemarketer comes on today, sir, we'd like to give you, I just hang up. Ain't nobody giving you nothing for free. Forget it. If it comes from the world, it's not free. There's an attachment. There's a hook to it somehow. What was that that they were talking about the other day, the guy? Oh, I was told this. I haven't checked it out, but I just told this, and I thought, yeah, makes total sense that the person who invented Diet Coke, that there's nothing in Diet Coke that has any natural substance to it. It's all a chemical. It's all a formula. And that his whole purpose was of inventing Diet Coke was to find the most addictive drink that he could possibly find that people would become addicted to it so they'd have to keep buying Diet Coke. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. 
okay? And I thought to myself, I don't even see why that's evil. I mean, that's exactly what the world would want to do. Nobody's out to make you happy. Nobody's, listen, listen, I'm sorry, folks. When you find the, see the commercials up there and they're saying this is, we just want to make you happy because we want to give you this and let you eat this food and it's happy. Be careful, man. Right then you need to shut your lips and run. Something's up. Something's up, man. It sums up. No, they're out to get people to addicted to it so they can sell more of it to make more money so they can go do what they want to. They're not out to make you happy. I'm sorry. They want to keep you happy so you keep buying the product, but the end result is money comes into their hands so they can go do with it what they want. Okay? Don't get suckered in by that. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works that anyone should boast. He said, look, you can't earn it. You can't be a good person and get to heaven because then you would have earned it. There's only one way. You fall on your face before Jesus and say, you're the son of God. Your blood's crying out. I believe you are the son of God. Forgive me of my sins. Whoop! Over in the kingdom. So it's equal all the way across. Listen, everyone is counted a sinner. There's no, well, they're better sinners than the other sinners. Right? All sinners, all falling short, but the grace of God. Everybody say, but the grace of God. Do you see what I'm saying? Then everybody's on the same level playing field. Without Jesus, you don't make the mark. Everybody's on a, the same playing field. All right? Okay. Go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Then I'm going to have to stop preaching here because I'm just going to keep going. I'm all wound up. i got 40 more scriptures. And honestly, to tell you the truth, I've not got to, got to the good part. I just felt like I had to lay this foundation or not. I haven't even got to the good stuff. <clears throat> because I'm believing the good stuff is going to absolutely 100% set you free. I'm believing after I get through preaching the series that you can't even get mad. It's where I want to be. It's where I want to be. I want to be where I can't be offended. Can't be offended. I don't care what they say. Can't be offended. It won't even happen. Because I'm just walking in so much in fellowship with God, I didn't even know I got offended. They offended me? I'd be darned. What did they say? Really? Huh, I mean, well, glory to God. Praise God. It's where I want to be. That's a great life. Right? That's a great life. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, well, what's he talking about? The kingdom, right? Transferred over, translated out, zipped over. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a, a new creation. Old things have passed away. What old things? All those old things, the course of the world. The ways of the world, the flesh, the things that you should do and operate in there, all those things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Yeah, it's a new kingdom. It doesn't, it functions. The kingdom of God does not function like you were born into in the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of God functions differently. You have to learn some new things. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, that is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, as has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. This is a life of grace. You got out. You're over here in the other kingdom. The blood of Jesus is speaking out for you. Not an atonement for one year. It's an atonement for eternity, that you're saved, that you're righteous. You have been justified with God. There's nothing between you and Papa. You can go right up to the throne and sit down with Moses. I'm not saying Moses on the throne. I'm saying 
if you thought Moses had more of a right to go to the throne, you got just as much of a right. You can walk right up there with Adam. You can walk right up there with David. You can walk right up to the throne. God looks at you just like he does them. Anybody that's got saved, he looks at you equally. It's all the same. You're not hiding in the back. You're not a lowly Christian. You're in the kingdom. And when you're in the kingdom, you're called a saint. You have been reconciled with God. You're there. There's no, there's no again, there's no measuring stick. There's no, there's no, um, there's no, like, you know, you're, yes, you're a Christian, but you're not, you know, <clears throat> we need y'all to sit over there. Are you following me? You got to hear this. There's no division in heaven. There's not better saints. There is only reconciled saints. We have the right to walk up to Papa, right to the throne, the same glory that smoked Aaron's sons, and walk right up to it because of the blood's crying out, the blood's crying out off the mercy seat. Jesus' blood's crying out. They're reconciled. They're one of mine. You remember the story of the wedding feast? And I'm just going to have to just, I, I got to just put my notes up. This isn't in my notes, so. You remember the story of the wedding feast? And the poor guy, the, the, he goes out to the highways and the byways and brings everybody in, and they bring him in, and the guy comes in, and he looks, and there's one guy without a wedding garment. When I first read the story, you know, 30 years ago, read the story, I felt kind of sorry for the guy. Like, poor guy, just didn't wear the right clothes to the, to the wedding. Until I got to understanding about what the wedding feast is all about. And I got to understand that he was a marriage of his son, and he was coming there, and the wedding garments were there at the front door. You didn't bring your own. They were at the front door. You put the vestment on at the front door. He just didn't want to wear it. So he goes into the wedding feast. I'm as good as everybody else. I don't need me, you know, wedding garment. I don't need me no vestment on me. I, I want to sit here like this because this is the way I want to sit. And what happened to him? Throw him out with his weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm not sure what it looks like, but anytime they say weeping and gnashing of teeth, I don't want no part of it. Right? Because he wouldn't, he wanted to be in the kingdom but he wouldn't get saved in, in that, what I'm, what I'm, the way I'm preaching tonight. He wanted to come in and have the benefits of the banquet and be in there, but he didn't want to admit that Jesus was, son, was the Son of God. He didn't want to put on the robe of righteousness. He wanted to do it his way. And God says, I put up with a lot, but I ain't putting up with that. Out. The only way you get grace is through Jesus. Oh, thank you for Jesus. Hello? I mean, thank you for Jesus. You think you got something, you, you don't have anything to be happy about? You got something to be happy about. You may not have revelation knowledge at this moment about all the things that the kingdom has for you, but I want to tell you something. You better be thankful for the revelation that you got saved because you're in the kingdom of grace and I'll show you how to walk in it, and I'll show you how to live in it, and I can show you what the Word says about how to function in it, but I want to tell you something, you're in. That's the big deal. You're in. Amen? You're in the kingdom. Woo! That's good news. So you just don't want to be sitting there trying to do it your way. Because I can tell you, you get thrown out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen? So... I'm going to take this message on because there's some things that I, I understand that you've got to understand about your position in grace. 
Now, what I really would ask you to do is I would really ask you to just start asking the Holy Ghost to show you every place you're not really receiving everything that grace has for you. Between now and next Wednesday, start asking yourself, Holy Ghost, show me where I'm, where I'm still thinking about the, the ways that the world operates, and I'm not really operating in the kingdom principle. Because when I show you what I'm about to show you, and you start to look at this, I, 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 th- I say it's going to change your whole life. Because it's changing, my, it's changing my way of thinking. Because it's like the Holy Ghost has put a new spin on things, and I'm seeing things like I've never seen things quite before. And I just believe, but we've got to have revelation knowledge. It's got to be by the Holy Ghost birth it to you. Because otherwise, you're going to say somewhere along the line, you're going to hear the devil. I can promise every one of you, you're going to hear the devil yelling across the chasm. Don't believe it. It's not true. Don't go down there. You're not going to have any fun. Even Jesus got mad. But I'm just telling you, man, in grace, it's a great thing. But we've got to understand what Jesus did in redemption and what did he redeem us from. And once you have that revelation, it changes everything. It changes your position because you know that, that, that what the devil is trying to put on you doesn't have any place because you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? So, praise God. Everybody say, I love grace. Grace is a good place to be. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.